0: Welcome to Dad's Wallet, where we help you save money and build lasting wealth. I'm Dan, your money coach, and this week we're going to be saving you money on your travel. First step to saving money on your travel, if you're going to rent a car, use a a different tool called AutoSlash. It will help you find the best rate for your rental car and you don't have to prepay for your car. Once you book with them, you'll be able to search for better prices and options. And even better, if you booked with someone else, you can submit the rental information to auto slash and they'll search to make sure that there's no better rate available. Now, if you're a diehard fan of a specific carrier, you can still use this tool. Uh, but best of all, their service is completely free. So why not try and give it a shot? Your second step to saving money while traveling is to go big at lunch. Plan for your nice meal to be lunch instead of dinner now this is hard to remember and it's extra hard to do but lots of places have lunch dishes that are similar identical to their dinner menu offerings and they're even cheaper in europe especially multi-course lunch specials are very common and they won't cost you much at all plus if you're going to be in a different time zone maybe you know hours ahead or behind then it could be even better for you and your health here's your third step to saving money while traveling it's pretty simple just buy less stuff so as you're planning to get ready for your travel experience Uh, start saving up. And the best way to do that is going to be to cut expenses. Now, if you have a big trip planned, maybe you're planning to go on a honeymoon or something. Maybe this is a good motivating time to increase your income side because you're only going to be able to reduce your expenses down to zero, but you can continue to increase your income virtually indefinitely. Your fourth step to saving money while traveling is to opt for an off-season experience. So there's going to be a lot of times if you Google, you know, what's the best possible season to go to X, Y, or Z, maybe it's September and Maine, but there's so many options maybe even just on the other side of the calendar consider plus or minus six months of wherever you're going and that might be a time that less people will be there but it's just as beautiful and it's you're going to be an overall better experience especially if you're the only one there why don't you go ahead and like and subscribe to let me know that you're enjoying this content drop a comment below for your questions and what i may have missed with these travel saving tips here's your fifth tip for travel saving It's going to be to fly on an off-peak time so what i mean by this is over the weekends thursday friday saturday you're going to find the biggest uh, expenses and it's pretty easy to to gauge this when you log into your airline that you plan on using and look at all the different flight options shift around those days and see how much you could save uh, by leaving a day earlier or later and so uh, I also use things just like simply Googling the different travel times and options, and they're going to be able to provide you a better resource for what to expect when traveling during a specific time and season. I recommend logging on using uh, Chrome and using an incognito tab so that you're not being tracked on what you're searching for so that airlines and travel companies can't jack up your prices and then also really look at all the different ways that you could be using other portals maybe you have a credit card with a travel portal on it maybe you could use a third-party service it's going to help you get better rates depending on where you're going and when Our next travel saving tip is finding a home away from home. So uh, the first default selection for most people, especially if you're maybe in your 40s, 50s, 60s or higher, is going to be going to your favorite hotel chain no matter where you are in the world and oftentimes that's going to be more expensive and sometimes a worse experience than using one of these clear services that are so popular now airbnb vrbo there's all these different ways that you can be having a more personal experience or maybe something off the beaten path and so it could save you money and be an overall better experience i can't think of a better win-win than that our seventh travel tip for saving money is going to be book activities ahead of time Now, if you're someone that loves things like cruises, you probably know how expensive and impossible it can be to book an activity when you arrive at a port. And that goes for if you're flying in, you're going to be spending weeks or months in a location as well. You need to be planning far in advance, especially in our post-COVID world where we see so much travel happening and there's just not as much supply to meet the demand for all these different experiences in different destinations. So get out there and do the research ahead of time on what you would like to do and go ahead and book in advance so that you'll be ready the moment you land. Our next tip in travel saving is going to be look for those free experiences. Think of churches is free museums they're full of art there's all kinds of sculpture and architecture and history built into them and oftentimes you can find people like docents at church that are just there to explain all the history that you're going to be able to experience in some of these free places or places that you can access with a small donation so go ahead and look up ahead of time there's tons of reviews out there for how to find entertainment and fill in some of those gaps in your travel schedule with things that are going to be off the beaten path and are going to save you money but maybe are going to provide a a surprisingly rich experience our next travel tip for saving money is going to be to rely on locals now if you have an Airbnb host uh, we had this great guy named Luigi in Rome I kid you not I double checked his real name really was luigi mustache and all and he was amazing he wouldn't just tell us where to go he'd introduce us to his friends at local restaurants that we already had picked out now finding someone like this isn't impossible you can check right in the reviews from the places that you're going and you're staying and they're gonna have these people i mean i know that i'm someone that is going to drop a review let everyone know that luigi's the man and he's gonna help you find exactly what you need in town And so you know in those situations where you know one time you know my wife needed crutches because she like tore an achilles while we were in italy and it was an awful experience but it made it a little bit nicer to have a great host and a great local who knew which pharmacy was actually open at a specific time to make sure we got what she needed and so you know it's also for the unexpected it's for those times where you have things that you didn't plan for and is going to make your overall stay just that much better when you look back on and say, well, that's not how we planned for everything to go, but we still had a great time no matter what.
1: Here are the four types of bank accounts that everyone, including you, should have if you don't already. The first account is a traditional checking account. A traditional checking account is likely where your paychecks are going, where you pay your rent, where you pay other bills, and where you want to manage a lot of those transactions. It's recommended that you don't have all of your savings in your traditional checking account because it has such low or no interest in some cases that you're actually losing money. Especially these days. The second account that you want to have, and everyone should make sure that they have, is a high-yield savings account. A high-yield savings account, you'll often see the acronym H-Y-S-A, is a type of savings account. Typically, it's offered through like online services, essentially not brick-and-mortar stores where you can go into your bank. I use Discover for mine, and I absolutely love it. What's great about a high-yield savings account is that it has about eight times higher interest than a traditional checking or traditional savings account. Oh, at least. It's a really great place, plus it's insured, for you to keep things like your emergency fund, any of your short-term goals that you're saving for, like a new car or a vacation. The third account that you should have, regardless of what age you are, is a retirement account. The types of accounts that you should consider is something like a 401k if your company offers it, a Roth IRA if you want to consider going individual, or a SEP IRA if you are freelance. A retirement account is actually a type of an investment account. It's made up of stocks and bonds, etc. But what's really great about a retirement account compared to just regular savings or even investments is that one is that it has a lot of tax advantages. Essentially what that mean is that the government incentivizes you to save for your retirement by offering tax advantages, whether when you invest or with you withdraw, there's a lot that you can benefit from. The second that's really great about retirement account is that the sooner that you start, no matter how young you are, you can really use time to your advantage and you could take advantage of compound interest. So you should make sure that you are investing in a retirement account if you are not already.
0: And you got to actually invest the money. You can't just drop it in there and expect it to compound. You have to have the cash invested in some sort of portfolio of stocks, mutual funds, bonds, etc.
1: And then last but not least, the fourth account that you should have considering, and I would actually recommend them in this order, is an investment account through index funds. So index funds is also a type of investment accounts made of stocks and bonds. But what's great about it, index funds is that it allows you to have, like, lots of indices that kind of mirror where their stock market is going, like the S&P 500. So essentially you don't have to A, be super knowledgeable about the stock market and B, you don't have to cherry pick which indexes or which stocks are going to be best for you. It allows you to have like a bundle of the top investments that are kind of mirroring the stock market.
0: Every one of these accounts is so key. Now you're going to have to have a checking account and there's amazing number of people out there that are unbanked. They don't have any checking accounts, just cash under the mattress. The second step high interest uh, high yield savings accounts Uh, these days with interest rates so high getting into a two and a half three and a half percent interest rate is wildly possible and we're talking about hundreds of times difference compared to a normal checking account to an actual high yield savings account and when you have that emergency fund it's important to not put it into some retirement account or investment or some bond that you're gonna have to pay a penalty to pull it out instead put it in a high yield savings account and you're gonna be better off in the short and the long run And with these retirement accounts, you know, there's uh, there's potential for an employee match. There's all these tax benefits. And that's something that once you have your in your emergency fund and your debt relationship under wraps, then it's time to really start attacking that retirement plan. We're talking about 15 to 25 percent of your income should be going into those to max out what you you can apply into those accounts each year. And then finally, yes, index funds are a great solution. I also think that these days a lot of stuff is on sale, and so diversification is what she's getting at with these index funds, where you can be buying an indice that provides an S&P 500 where you're investing in 500 companies all at once but there's also different types of strategies, whether you're going into growth funds or blue chip value funds. And so there's all these different types of uh, options out there and your strategy is gonna depend entirely upon your tolerance for risk, your long-term goals, and how long you have to be able to invest in those.
2: I'm gonna share with you guys one of the most impactful mindset shifts that I had in my 20s when it came to my relationship with money and personal finance. Also, this might not be everybody's cup of tea, so if this doesn't resonate with you, feel free to keep scrolling. But this like changed the way that I think about my money. And there are lots of different names for this and people credit to different authors, but I'm just gonna share it with you here. So let's say that you're planning a vacation to go to the beach next year and it's gonna cost $1,000. And typically what most people would do is that they would look at their current budget, they'd see where they can cut back to save $1,000 to go on their trip. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's actually another way to think about it. And that is between now and next summer, when can we earn an extra $1,000 to go on that trip? Maybe you'll pick up a few freelancing projects or babysit or dog walk. So instead of thinking, where can I sacrifice for my current life for something that I want? You think, where can I work harder and do more to earn for something that I want? I'm not saying to stop saving, definitely keep saving. But just try it out and see what you think.
0: I couldn't agree more savings are for some of those big ticket items that you have on your horizon Uh, five years from now i need a new car um 10 20 years from now i've uh, you know my kids going to college those kind of things and uh, and for emergencies in the short run, I need three to six months of my monthly expenses stored up in an emergency fund in case something comes up that I didn't plan for. But, you know, a, a vacation is different, and I want to take it one step farther, not just think, uh, what? how can I hustle and sell some things uh, online. Maybe I can do a garage sale and make a a few bucks. Well, my family for the next 20 years, every year is going to want to go to the beach. And it costs me at least $2,000 to do that. Now, what if I could uh, accumulate enough cash in one year to be able to buy an investment of some form, whether it's real estate or stock or whatever, and that is going to cash flow from me i'm going to have either dividends or cash flow that's going to be able to cover that expense for me year over year and as it grows and and my expense grows with inflation so does the value of this uh this investment and so that's another way of thinking about it i don't think that you need to necessarily try to have categorized different assets in your life and and specifically target them but it's the mindset that's important that it's not always about just uh, dollar in, dollar out. It's it's something about trying to have your income, this, uh, this stack of dollars, be able to work harder for you so that when you have those bigger expenses coming down the pike, when you wanna take your family on vacation year over year over year, you're not thinking to yourself, well, I can only sell so many pairs of shoes to be able to pay for all these different vacations down the line.
2: Wanna hear something that will make you feel better about yourself? Absolutely. Okay, fine. I invested in a Roth IRA for over two years, every single month. And it took me dating someone in finance to realize that I had never invested anything. I had just deposited money. I never bought a single stock. I thought it was automatic.
0: I thought it was automatic. And that assumption is so common. But here's, here's the other problem that, that I see there is that you're almost doing everything right. You're almost doing everything you were told to do. You got this Roth IRA. You're putting away from your retirement. I mean, you can't fault someone for that. That's a good thing. But it took this person dating someone in finance to really sit down look at what they were invested in look at their plan look at their goals and realize where their shortfalls were and that's the real problem here is that it's it's not so much about their relationship with just that one investment account it's their relationship with their financial health holistically it's that they don't have enough people in their lives that are coaching them that are advising them that are training them along the way to make sure that they're not just reaching their short-term goals but they're really knocking those long-term goals out of the park and having a life better than they ever imagined could be possible because that's possible. It is possible for so many people get so many of us get caught in these kinds of traps where we just didn't know uh, a key element to some function of our financial health, and we missed out on a huge opportunity. So find yourself a circle of people, find yourself advisors and uh, and attorneys and and coaches, just like just like us here. And so we coach people on making sure that they're getting the most out of their financial money journey towards their goals. Our Q&A for today, am I insane for thinking about taking three to four unpaid months off just to travel? The background. I'm 25 years old, living in northeast United States. Recently paid off $50,000 in student loans and now completely debt-free. Around 75k is saved for retirement and $10,000 is liquid, meaning they have cash that they could spend on 10,000-ish Costco hot dogs if they want to right now today. I'm thinking about leaving my current stressful well-paid job at a tech company in a few months and finding an opportunity abroad on workaway or helpx, something where you can like basically live on a farm or a hostel abroad and for a couple of months and then the resulting income that you have you can travel around with. The expenses would be around $1000 a month during this period but it wouldn't be able to save as aggressively as I have been doing. Still, I think it would be extremely fulfilling experience. I currently rent, so I'd be at the end of my lease, I don't have a car to unload, and I'd be trimming down on possessions so I could easily keep my belongings with family while I'm away. I'm also a dual citizen and could legally work in Europe for this period. Is this something that would be worth pursuing or just reckless? Has anyone had experience doing something similar? My short answer is to do it. Go do this. I mean, you're you've you thought of all the variables. You 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 can work there. You can have the income. Really pay attention to your expenses versus taxes. You're at the right age. I can remember when I was almost exactly this age, taking a summer and doing the whole backpacking through Europe thing. I mean, it was some of the most valued time. I had in my life, in that chapter of my life, in my 20s. And if it's possible for you to be able to do something like this, and that you're gonna be able to, you know, you set yourself up for success because you are in a field where you can find a job. Just you know, in theory, that easily coming back. This is a great time for you to take it, take it as, as an opportunity to learn and grow. Maybe um, maybe package this away in your mind that you could, really help this be a a career builder for you too there's no reason why you can't uh, start a blog while you're doing this and say here look i while i was doing this i built this business simply just documenting my experience so that i'll have this for my future and future generations and my kids and they can see what i was up to but i mean it's it, it all it takes is just is having the right framing and the right mindset so that this experience can be something that you can um, you can really maximize on, and I will say that the uh, don't go into debt for this. Don't 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 underwork yourself. If you're gonna find one of these work live situations, um, I would definitely work enough to where it balances out, so that when you come back to the states and you find that you actually need that car, you didn't burn through all of your cash and savings and whatever you earned uh, in this experience. I wouldn't flatline your cash flow. I would find ways to have the experience cash flow for itself. And man, I mean, you know, to have one of these experiences, if it's possible for you to have extended unpaid leave or to just, you know, be able to check out for a season from your job and be able to reenter in uh, without the stress and worry of those interim finances, even then, just go for it. This is one of those things where if you are in this age bracket and you're considering one of these opportunities, I just couldn't encourage you enough to just go and and you know and and just just grab life and enjoy it through these experiences i'm not i'm not one of these money coaches out here that says you know don't travel you know don't don't work your passions don't live a fulfilling life just uh you know bury your nose to the ground grindstone and maybe you'll make up for it in, in your in your retirement years that's not the case i think that You know, you you really need to take these opportunities when they're available to you, especially in specific stages of life. And so I couldn't encourage you more to take that time off and and take a whole season to to really, you know, learn more about yourself through that experience.